Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and on Twitter at tck underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Sky Guasco back with you for another episode of the TZK Pod, aka Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Wednesday, episode 311, 311 of the TZK Pod. Today, bringing in Lucas Kaser to preview tomorrow's three Thanksgiving Day slate games. And then we have three morning games on Sunday, and we're also going to do Sunday night and Monday night for week 12. Lucas, how you doing, man? You had a, a pretty big milestone over, over the last weekend. What's up? Well, if you're referring to me stacking all the Jets players and actually winning fantasy weeks, um, I guess that was it. I, don't, I played Joe Flacco, I played Rashad Perriman, and I played AP in the Listener League, and I won by like 20 points. So I don't think I can get much better at fantasy football after that. Bro, that's incredible management. And as if, as if listeners needed any more reason to listen to our podcast, having you <laughs> put, put, your, put your Listener League life on the line and uh, roll out our boy Flacco with Perryman, who is the only Jets receiver Flacco targets. So if Darnold is in, it's Crowder. If Flacco's in, it's Perryman. That's very simple. Uh, but Adrian Peterson filling in nicely uh, for DeAndre Swift. So looked good there. So well done. <laughs> we are, we are, we are staying alive. Um, you and I are in better shape than the commish. Uh, he is, he is fighting sure. for his life, but we'll talk about that on Friday with Chris. Lucas, we got a lot to cover, man. Um, we have the three games coming up tomorrow. Again, football fans are very aware at this point. We have three games every single year on Thanksgiving. Morning game, Texans-Lions. Afternoon game, football team Dallas. And the uh, nightcap is Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Then we're going to get into three on Sunday, Sunday night, and Monday night. So let's jump right into it, man. Interesting week in week 12. We had a bunch of stars out. We had a couple get hurt. We had a couple come back. We had some bad teams get wins. We had some good teams take losses. The Rams dismantle the Buccaneers. The Falcons get sacked eight times against a decent pass rush for uh, the Saints without their starting quarterback. Just an unbelievable weekend. Let's jump right into it here. We'll start with Houston and Detroit. This is tomorrow morning for Thanksgiving. You wake up early, you start the food ready, and you get into Houston and Detroit. Not the best game on the slate per se, but it should be a competitive game here. Houston playing a lot better recently. Uh, big win this week over New England. They are three and seven, and Detroit at four and six. Uh, you know, you start your studs for Houston. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, Randall Cobb left the game with an injury, but that was after a touchdown. Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks are automatics at this point. And Deshaun Watson, obviously automatic. Curious to see how you feel about Duke Johnson, man. Kind of a uh, a stud game, a bum day, uh, a, a bum game, and then a, a good game again. See how you feel about him on the other side. Are you comfortable firing up Adrian Peterson again, assuming that DeAndre Swift 
can't go on the short week uh, after that midweek concussion last week. Um, Stafford, Marvin Jones, Marvin Hall, TJ Hawkinson. We'll see how we feel about Kenny Galladay if he's able to come back as well and stay healthy. So how do you feel about the Texans and the Lions first game on Thanksgiving? Yeah, I mean, on the Houston side, I think you're starting Fuller Cooks um, and Watson for sure. I think Duke is like a flex because it's, it's kind of hard to – I don't know. Like we haven't really caught like the game script sort of like vibe with him or like how he sort of falls into place. So if you have to, but I mean, you shouldn't have to this week because everyone's playing. So I think he's like a last resort flex. And the Jordan Akins kind of came back to uh, sort of a streamer tight end, kind of the range we kind of thought he was going to be in the whole year. Uh, six targets. He's definitely in the stream, streaming category for a total. that's at like 51 and a half. Uh, should be kind of a pass heavy game. Um, but I would say just most likely to stick to the Watson Fuller Cooks because that's what seems to be clicking lately. Um, especially the last couple of weeks. Fuller's like a top, I want to say he's in the wide receiver one category. Like I don't have him in any leagues, but it's kind of like weird because I feel like he like, um, I feel like I haven't like heard his name, I guess that much is probably the way to say it. Like he hasn't like popped off or anything to where I've noticed him as a usual, as he usually does, but he's definitely had a great year so far. Um, on the Lions side, I with with all – like, I want to say start Stafford, but with no one on a bye, I feel like you probably have a better option by now just due to him not performing the best. You probably have a decent backup. So I definitely think he's a streamer, but lower than he's definitely been all year. Um, Swift should be back. So if Swift's back, fire him up. If not, probably don't, don't, you don't have to play AP this week. Um, like I had to last week with everyone healthy, but so I'd stay away from that if Swift is out. Galladay was a limited participant yesterday. So I'm hoping he plays because he'll blow up in this matchup. Um, and then Marvin Jones loves the Thanksgiving games. He likes to drop like the two, three touchdown games on Thanksgiving. So definitely roster, throw him in there. Um, he seems to be catching his stride as of late because he kind of had a slow start to the season. And then Hawkinson's like a top five tight end right now. But it's like, it's the, it's the typical like gross top five, top six tight end. But he's definitely, um, if you have him on your roster, you're starting him because you have been the whole year. So continue to throw him in there. But I don't think there's much like to mess with in this game. I think it's the typical guys. Um, I think Amendola is out for sure. So you did mention Marvin Hall, like maybe, but with everyone healthy, all 16, uh, all 32 teams going, you probably shouldn't need to mess with it too much. That is a good point. We do not have any bye weeks this week. So we've had bye weeks since week four. We do have buys next week. We have the Panthers and the Buccaneers out in week 13, but we do not have any bye weeks this week in week 12. So you have 16 games on the slate to your point, Lucas Wolf Fuller wide receiver, 18 and PPR Brandon cooks wide receiver, 29, each of them averaging about seven t- uh, targets per game in the last, you know, five weeks or so. Um, surprisingly, the yardage hasn't been there for either one of them, but they're efficient. Deshaun Watson's obviously doing much better without Bill O'Brien there. And the Texans are really rolling. They got themselves in like an Owen five hole. So, since then, they're about three and two. So if you look at it that way, they've actually been playing quite, you know, quite good over last month. Uh, but they just dug themselves such a deep hole that they're probably toast for this year. However, it is promising uh, moving forward, assuming those guys stay. Although, of course, they did talk about moving Fuller at the trade deadline. So we'll see what happens in the offseason. All right, let's move on to the football team and the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions host a Thanksgiving game every single season. And then we alternate who the nightcap game is Lucas. This is a huge game. This is a battle for first place. The winner 
of this game right here is the uh, first place team in the NFC least with the Eagles not even participating against Cleveland um, on Sunday. And so the football team comes in at three and seven. The Cowboys also at three and seven, both coming off of impressive games this week. Um, eh, yikes. It's going to be interesting here, but Alex Smith has been playing well. Terry McLaurin's an animal. Both Sims are doing well at alternate receivers. Logan Thomas hit or miss the backfield. Antonio Gibson is, is doing well. Uh, not a huge game last week. JD McKissick came back down to earth, but both those guys are capable of, uh, frankly, you know, RB two minimum numbers there on the other side with Dallas. Look, Andy Dalton comes back healthy after a few weeks off with that concussion and, and uh, COVID he suffered the concussion on a nasty hit versus the football team uh, in week seven. So maybe there's a little uh, revenge game narrative there. And frankly, the Cowboys just look so much better. Uh, CeeDee Lamb with an incredible catch for a touchdown. Amari Cooper back into it. Michael Gallup is pretty much uh, out to the wind, unfortunately. But Zeke Elliott looked much better this week. Uh, first 100-yard game of the season. Dalton Schultz caught a touchdown as well. So, Really, man, um, probably going to be an ugly NFL game, and I think it probably comes down to a field goal for the division in this game. But for fantasy, I think there's some sneaky upside here. Yeah, I think we finally, like, saw um, – like, when Dak first got hurt, we kind of mentioned that, like, this team will still be fine. You just have to kind of – your your your, uh, your projections or your ceiling game for these teams obviously come down. Obviously, that didn't happen for, like, five weeks – but we saw last week that it kind of came back to fruition. So, yeah, you can start uh, – obviously, you're starting Zeke anyways. You can start Zeke. Cooper's now kind of the, the, the low-end uh, – I don't know. I'd say high-end wide receiver, too. Lamb is kind of that flex. So, they're kind of bouncing back to, like, what we – not obviously hope, but what we thought would happen. Uh, Schultz, I think, is definitely a streamer. Um, now, I would say him and Aikens are kind of similar to me. So, definitely look, keep an eye on those guys. Um, yeah, Gallup's bench. Pollard is like getting work, but like he's not. So just keep holding Pollard on your bench. Um, but yeah, I think the Cowboys are kind of clicking a little bit back to normal. So we just kind of hope they roll with it a little bit. And on the football team side, I'm not playing Smith. Um, you're going to play Terry. You're going to play Gibson. I really think that's about it for me. Um, McKissick, yeah, I play him too. I think he said kind of have a down week last year, last week, but. Yeah, I think it's those three. This is the three you've been playing all year, so I wouldn't change it up too much in this matchup. I totally agree, and I'm not excited to play a bunch of these guys. And, again, everybody is playing this weekend, so it's not as dire. Uh, we still have a ton of injuries that we've faced this season. There's still some COVID pieces out, which we're going to get to in the next game. So you may have to do some spot starts still, but it's not going to be as brutal because we don't have teams on by, thankfully. So we're able to utilize most of our full rosters um, this week so you know do you have to play Logan Thomas uh, do you have to play a Michael Gallup do you have to stream Andy Dalton or Alex Smith hopefully not um, but if you do I think that you know Lucas and I are basically saying that we're more confident maybe in this matchup than we would be otherwise uh, in prime time on Thanksgiving all right but let's get into the final Thanksgiving slate game here the evening game this one should be a great matchup here bitter rivals Baltimore Ravens Pittsburgh Steelers Pittsburgh Steelers keep on rolling, remain undefeated 10 and 0 hosting this game. The Ravens at six and four uh, have just not looked like themselves for, I would say, honestly, the better part of the last month. Um, Lamar Jackson's not able to get going, not doing much as a passer, had a beautiful strike to uh, Mark Andrews. 
Um, but Hollywood Brown has basically disappeared. Uh, the backfield is going to be very interesting this week. So Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins have both been moved into the COVID protocol um, IR, if you will. Now, Lucas, I'm not clear, and maybe you have a, a little bit more per this podcast. Um, I'm not sure if they're on the IR for COVID, meaning that they're going, they're definitely out this week, but are they going to be out for future weeks as well? Or are they out this week and they can test back in next week? I'm a little unclear on that personally, uh, but they are definitely out, which leaves Gus Edwards um, to be the main back. Um, so you can fire him up with confidence. Now, unfortunately, touches wise, it should be great. Uh, Justice Hill is also still around, but he should get maybe 20 touches, but he is playing the Steelers. And James Robinson played pretty well against them last week, but the Steelers have shut down everybody this season. So I wouldn't get your hopes up for a big game per se with all this opportunity, but he is going to be a running back with, you know, hopefully 20 touches in Baltimore, which you like. On the Steelers side, same old, same old. James Conner looked a lot better this week. You fire up everybody. The three receivers, ben, Big Ben Roethlisberger and Eric Ebron, I'm confident against this beat-up um, defense here for the Ravens. They could have a couple returning pieces, but right now they do not look very good. Yeah, I think for the running backs, it, it sounds like Ingram and Dobbins might be out next week if people are kind of like throwing out, I guess, Edwards like next week's matchup and whatnot. And So I'm not really entirely for sure because all, all the rules seem like they have these rules, but like the page – Patriots get around them every time, so like I don't really know if the rules. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean you're playing Edwards if if you pick him up. I kind of, I mean people might still roster him, but he's definitely been probably the number one waiver uh, this week, I would imagine. Um, so play him for sure. Play Lamar. I think just really like it the the absence of the running back by committee. It's going to be kind of weird to see how this like trends because I don't think they're going to give Edwards like. 20 carries right like you know what i'm saying so like i don't know if lamar will run it more if andrews will get more work if hollywood will get more work so i would just say play lamar gus and andrews and see what happens i'm not really trying to like speculate what's going to happen without the running backs um on the pittsburgh side uh you play big ben play connor i think juju like stepped on a, the rest flag like true story and he got hurt um so he's he's going to be a game time decision i guess i i don't it was on his birthday too. He's going to have a good game that he got hurt. So it was, it was just a rough birthday for him. Um, so hopefully it's not a long-term thing. He's probably, he might be out this week, but I mean, you're playing Claypool, you're playing Johnson. If Juju plays, you're playing him. They're, they're kind of hitting on all cylinders right now. And Ebron is uh, that, like we said a couple of weeks ago, a weekly starters and keep, keep riding him. Um, but don't, like, I mean, most of these games this week are going to be, don't mess around with too much speculation and trying to, trying to hit big on anything because you have your full roster at some, at some capacity. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see if we can get this running game going. Everybody was fired up about JK Dobbins. He had a great game. He actually had a touchdown and a two point conversion to follow. We we're very excited about that. And then the news comes out that he and Mark Ingram are both going to be out, which is a bummer, but I would not drop, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, if you need to drop somebody, maybe it's Mark Ingram um, off this team for waiver uh, waiver wire purposes, but I would uh, hang on to J.K. Dobbins as long as you possibly can because I think he's going to have a great opportunity to um, take over this backfield when available. All right, man, let's jump into the Sunday slot here. We got the Raiders and the Falcons. 
The Raiders coming in, crushing defeat. Uh, should have had a W, but they gave it up to Patrick Mahomes. And Travis Kelsey opened by 17 yards, which is absolutely insane at the very end of the game. I'm watching the game with my brother. I'm literally yelling at the TV. This is going to go to Travis Kelsey. They better triple cover him. Literally rolls out, makes a move over the middle of the field. There's nobody around him for five yards. Unbelievable. Falcons, uh, I don't know what to say about the Falcons last week. Um, they come in fully healthy with Calvin Ridley returning. Holy, and then the, the Falcons just refuse to have both guys available at the same time. So Calvin Ridley's healthy. Then Julio gets banged up. So he misses most of the game, ineffective when he's in there anyway. Matt Ryan can just not play quarterback when Julio Jones is not on the field. He gets sacked eight times, throws a couple ugly picks, missed about six other sacks. Pretty horrendous game. Raiders 6-4, and four, Falcons 3-7. and seven. For the Raiders, they actually look pretty good. Josh Jacobs is there. Maybe Devontae Booker, if you're, if you're really stuck. Uh, Darren Waller's automatic, of course. And then do you feel comfortable with any receiver? It might be Nelson Aguilar for me, which is not reliable, but he might be the most reliable at this point, at least for work. On the other side for the Falcons, look, again, if Julio Jones misses time, then Calvin Ridley is going to get more work. But how much better is Matt Ryan without Julio Jones? Not. He's terrible. So I might try to move off of Matt Ryan if I can, if Julio doesn't play. Todd Gurley, you got to play and just close your eyes and wait for the touchdown. And uh, Hayden Hurst as well. Um, I guess the question for the Falcons would be, who would be that next wide receiver if Julio's out? We've seen Zacchaeus over the last couple of years catch a couple big touchdowns when Julio's out. But Russell Gage is technically number three. Uh, but he's kind of stuttered in these last couple of games without Julio. So, you know, do you feel comfortable with any of the receivers in Oakland and then or in uh, Las Vegas? And how do you feel about um, the, the third option, I guess, for the Falcons of Julio misses? Yeah, I think the Oakland side, he played Waller and Jacobs for sure. Superflex, fire up Derek Carr. Um, I think it has to be Aguilar. I, I can't imagine. I don't know. Like, I think that's the only one he can play. He's he's a flex at best, I would say. Um, obviously, like the scoring output can be higher than a flex but like you can't be like yeah i'm firing up alvaro my wide receiver too i'm pumped like that type of, that type of thing um so him is would be my answer uh the falcons i don't know i mean i think zacchaeus is the direct like, he's not the direct backup but i think like he benefits the most from these because then they have to utilize his downfield skill set so i don't know if i'm necessarily firing them up but like i guess like if you have to he'd be who i picked i play ridley i play I play Gurley, Ridley, and Hurst, maybe Matt Ryan if you have to. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. The Falcons looked terrible last week. I watched the game hoping Jameis would get in. Uh, he did not, sadly, because I wanted, I wanted all my Jameis shares to be playable. So, I don't know. The Falcons are hurting. So, we'll see if they can bounce back against the, uh, the Raiders defense here. Yeah, I don't know, man. Again, it's, it's really uh, unnecessary how much uh, Matt Ryan just kind of you know, turtles up without Julio out there. So hopefully Julio can come back. He's had an ankle issue. He had a thigh issue. He had a hamstring situation he's been working through. He's been playing hurt pretty much his entire career. So I'm confident that he plays on Sunday until we hear otherwise. But um, if he doesn't, we need to be prepared otherwise, obviously. All right, man, let's get into the Chargers and the Buffalo Bills. Bills coming off of a bye. Um, Chargers, big, big dub over the Jets. Love to see that. Herbert going nuts once again. Three and seven for the Chargers, seven and three for the Buffalo Bills. For the Chargers, Keenan Allen, 19 targets, 16 receptions. Mike Williams, four catches, over 70 yards. He gets a touchdown as well. 
might be getting Austin Eckler back potentially. If not, Kalen Balaj got a little bit beat up. So I'm curious what they'll do with that backfield there. Justin Herbert automatic, obviously Hunter Henry is a tight end. You got to play him for the bills coming off of the bye. Josh Allen, um, Stefan Diggs automatic, you know, Cole Beasley, I think at this point is automatic. If you need kind of a, a deeper flex or a second flex there, a third receiver, he's been great, reliable, in this backfield, man, are you trusting Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, or are you just kind of trying to get away for it here? Yeah, I think the Bills, like, I guess I'm just rolling with Moss, but I think it's at the point where they're, like, both, like, if you have to play them flex pieces at best, I think. Like, it's just, like, I don't know. They're just going to have, have, like, a weird – they've been having a weird season where, like, they have games where they don't need to run that many plays, and they have games where they're throwing the ball 40 times. So, like – I still favor Moss just because he's the touchdown sort of target. Um, but they're still both not ideally playable. Um, I would say you're playing Diggs, you're playing Brown, maybe Beasley, I would say. On the flip side, you're playing Herbert. Uh, he's continuing to crush. Balaj got hurt, but he was still finished with the most carries. So he's the guy to play um, if you're going to play the backfield there. And then, yeah, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry. Just kind of stick with the guns here. Um, if you want to mess with the running backs, Balaj and Moss are probably my two options. Should be some fireworks in Buffalo, man. I uh, wonder how Herbert's going to do. He didn't play a lot of games um, in the super cold. Uh, growing up in Eugene, again, it's pretty temperate out here, and not a lot of snow games. It uh, you know never snows at Autzen or never rains at Autzen Stadium, let alone snows um, when he played in college. And now he's down in Southern California, so I wonder how he's going to do and cold ass Buffalo with potential snow coming in. So interesting yeah. game from him. And uh, we just, we needed to make sure that the iron on all cylinders here late in the season. Hopefully Josh, you know, those guys can get right and, uh, and, and they're ready to ready to cook, but they've been kind of hit or miss the last couple of weeks. All right, let's get into the final slate here of the Sunday morning games. Of course, we'll cover the rest of these games with Bobby on tomorrow's episode. We'll get in here with the giants and the Burrowless. Bengals, man, big bummer here. The Giants coming off a bye, three and seven. Bengals, of course, lose Joe Burrow to a torn ACL, PCL, knee sprain. There was about five different uh, injuries that I heard about on that play. The Bengals are two, seven and one. Burrow done for the season uh, on early reports, and I hope this isn't the case, but because it's pretty late in this season, in early reports, it looks like Joe Burrow is potentially next season is, is in jeopardy as of now because of the full recovery situation. And it wasn't an Alex Smith injury, uh, but we did see it took him about two years to get back on the field with that knee. So, um, or, you know, his leg, but Burrow's knee. So hopefully he'll be back next year, but uh, just a really bummer situation for such a young superstar fucking lighting it up. So bummer there for the giants, Daniel Jones, uh, I, I think is a nice streamer this week, especially in Superflex with uh, going against the Bengals. Running backs wise, um, you know, I mean, Wayne Gallman's done really well with the top back. Um, so if they can get him moving and Alfred Morris is out there, if they can get these guys going against the Bengals. I think they're going to be just fine. You know, Morris, not so much, but Gallman certainly a spot start. Wide receivers wise, I'm still not crazy about any of these receivers, but if I had to pick one for me, Sterling Shepard's going to be the volume guy, but I'm kind of a, I wouldn't mind a boomer bust in my second flex position. So I'm going to go with um, uh, Darius. Uh, geez. Slayton. Darius Slayton. I had Darius Shepard in my head. Sorry. 
Darius Slayton, thank you. And then Evan, Evan Ingram coming in as well. Uh, Bengals are the most um, uh, generous matchup against opposing tight ends. On the other side, Ryan Finley is coming in for Joe Burrow. Last year, Ryan Finley played a few games and Andy Dalton went down. He was terrible. He did play the Steelers. He did play the Ravens. Um, so you can't really fault him for that. Two great defenses, but not very good. Spreads the ball out when he comes in. Obviously, I'm not playing him, but at this point, Lucas, I'm worried about all of the pass-catching options for the Bengals. T. Higgins has been great. Tyler Boyd's been great. Uh, Andy or um, Joe Burrow was able to get a touchdown to uh, A.J. Green before he went out, but I'm not excited about these options at this point. How do you feel about them? And then uh, running back-wise, uh, you know, Joe Mixon's on the IR now officially, so it's Gio Bernard, um, but he hasn't been very effective in the last couple of games either uh, with uh, – Travion Williams um, around as well. So a little bit concerned um, about the overall Bengals. Bengals went from like an automatic auto start the whole team to no thank you. And the Giants have not really thrilled about him either. So unfortunately, uh, this game just doesn't have a lot of fantasy appeal to me. Yeah, I think that like the only players I'm really wanting to start are Daniel Jones and then Joe Mixon or Bernard just because of volume. Like I think like the 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 step that like from from Burrow to Finley to me in terms of fantasy production is worse than what the Cowboys saw, and by a lot. Like I don't even know like if Higgins is startable. I don't know like Boyd. You'd think just because he's the middle ground guy, but like even then he's like what a flex now. I think like so either way. Like I'm just I'm just gonna play Jones. I'm just gonna play the running back for the Bengals. Maybe flirt with Slayton, but like besides that, I I 42 and a half. I think is the total. So I'm just going to stick with the ground game of Daniel Jones and the ground game and check downs of Mixon or Bernard. So Joe Mixon's on IR, correct? So he'll be out for the next couple of weeks. They I finally think, put him on yeah. IR, I believe. Can you, can you double yeah, check so that really Bernard, quick while I get into the next game? I, I believe he did. Yeah. Well, okay. I just want to make sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bernard, uh, you know, Bernard's been out there and actually been playing quite well uh, without Mixon over the last couple of years when he gets a spot start. But now it's just like, I mean, he had Pittsburgh two weeks ago and not the best matchup, but last week he should have done much better and, and uh, just frankly um, didn't. They have Samaje Pirine, who's been out there taking work away, and they have Travion Williams too. So it's kind of a like a low-key three-headed monster for the Bengals, which we don't want a part of that at all, especially kind of an inefficient one although they should be getting some pieces back on offense and whatever. But again, with Ryan Finley behind the helm, I'll just, you know, bench everybody. No, thank you. Okay. Lucas, two more games. Let's get into that Sunday night slate uh, with the bears and the Packers. And then we got Monday night as well. So the bears and the Packers, the bears come in at a, a balmy five and five. These guys were four. No. And then five and one. And everyone was like, Holy shit. The bears, Nick Foles, yada, yada. And even Dweez Nuts, who is our house Bears fan on the podcast, was like, guys, the Bears are bad. <laughs> Nick Foles is horrendous. Sure enough, here we are at, five and five, at 500, and I'd be shocked if they finished 500 to finish the season. I don't even know if they have a quarterback. That's a true story. Um, as of right now, Nick Foles leaves. We thought his season was over when we saw the hit. Looks like he'll be okay. But when uh, Trubisky has a shoulder issue, and we know that, that he doesn't – or they don't want him to play anyway – so I honestly don't even know who would be uh, the quarterback there for the Bears right now. And then, look, the, the backfield just doesn't exist. Cordero Patterson's a wide receiver playing. Ryan Null is no good. They don't have a running back right now. Wide receivers, they have three of, you know, maybe the top 
40 wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, and other than hyper-targeting Allen Robinson with horrendous targets, they don't really utilize them, unfortunately. So your boy Darnell Mooney, who I love, and I think will be great once they get a quarterback, I can't stomach streaming him. Anthony Miller, same thing. Incredible talent, incredible ability. I can't play him with confidence either. Allen Robinson, you have to just because he gets eight, nine targets a game, most of them in the last four minutes. And if he catches a touchdown, he might break even for your week, but very, very rough over there. Jimmy Graham, oddly enough, might be the only one that I'm confident with just because he gets targeted and he's a tight end. So you might be uh, have your best luck there on the other side with the Packers. Look, I mean, they got upended by the Colts last week. The Colts are a very good team. Lucas, you've been repping the Colts for two seasons and really all the way from their GM down. So, you know, kudos to you uh, for, for, you know, kind, kind of seeing a better situation than I did. Um, I still don't believe in, in Philip Rivers long-term, but I'm not sure that we need to. Um, anyway, to the Packers, they got upended last week by an overtime field goal, but they had a great game there. Devontae Adams does his thing. He's automatic. Rodgers is automatic. Andrew or Aaron Jones is automatic. Um, Tunyon gets back in the end zone. Feel good about him. If your boy Lazard can come out and play, more effectively and get more opportunity would you play him or mvs assuming he's healthy enough and um are there any other you know options in this game maybe i'm scanning over again a lot of names to talk about but outside of alan robinson Devonte adams aaron jones and aaron Rodgers, i'm not very excited about the rest of the fantasy assets in this game yeah, I agree. Though those four, I mean, if Montgomery plays, possibly just because Green Bay's run these bad, so just getting a volume play, um, he's questionable right now. And yeah, I think Lazard, like he'd be like your absolute like bottom play flex. He he was out there, obviously it was just his first week back, um, so we couldn't expect a huge bump uh, with it, I guess. But yeah, no, I'm not messing too much with this game. Even like the Packers are super like one dimensional with Adams and Jones and like the occasional MBS bomb or whatever so i'm just going to stick with the main guys in this game and yeah i don't even know what the bears are doing at quarterback and this is not the this is not the setting like prime time thanksgiving weekend like this is not the the game where you want to mess around with that at all i agree and it's also a game where i mean it's a bit of rivalry the bears defense is actually very good that's the only reason that they've actually won a few games this year um and you never know in this game what can happen. It's in Lambeau, so I lean Packers for sure. But overall, um, this seems like a get-right-prove-it game. It'll be on prime time. I could see Aaron Rodgers going pretty nuts <laughs> in this game, honestly. I don't think they'll be able to run the ball too much on the Bears, so I could see Aaron Rodgers going pretty nuts. And, of course, we know Devontae Adams is there. But, again, if Lazard can get more work after being out for so long and MVS can bounce back, and Robert Tunyon even being available, I think that uh, there could be a lot of fantasy options in this game. Okay, bud, last one, Monday Night Football, Seahawks at Eagles. Uh, Seahawks 7-3 and three getting upended a few times over the last couple of weeks, uh, but they get it done last week against the Cardinals. Um, I think it's just, you know, I mean, Tyler Lockett was questionable coming into that game with a knee injury. He ended up playing, you know, didn't have a, a huge game, but caught a touchdown. He played just fine, so... He's on the field. You start him no matter what. DK is automatic. I know people wanted 40 more fantasy points from him, but if you watch the game, you saw the opportunity. You saw the ability. You know we can take one to the house. They were targeting him in the end zone. He missed one. He got one hit in his face mask that he dropped. The opportunities are there for DK. Obviously, he's a start. Russell's a start. In this backfield, man, 
if Chris Carson plays after being out for a month, if Carson is active, are you confident enough to play him? If he is active, do you still play a Carlos Hyde who had a great game last weekend? If Carson's out, Hyde becomes automatic, but would you play any auxiliary piece if you needed to in this offense there uh, in the running backs, Alex Collins, whatever, DJ Dallas, something like that. On the Eagles side, man, I again, I said this last week. I'll keep saying it. I feel like all I've done is shit on Carson Wentz for the last two years on this podcast, and I get a lot of flack and DMs about it because he has four good games a year and people jump all over me when it happens. Watch the game against the Browns. I rest my case. They were out Miles Garrett and uh, uh, Denzel Ward got a knee spra- or a calf sprain, I believe, in that game and was out as well. So they were out arguably their two best defensive players and Carson Wentz was absolutely horrendous. And you can't blame the weather too much because it was rainy but not windy. Anyway, Eagles, man, I've lost all faith. I am not comfortable with any of these receivers at this point. I love the talent like Chicago. I love Jalen Rager. I love um, uh, Travis Fulgham. I love um, Greg Ward at a certain, uh, a certain extent, but I'm not, I'm not excited about these guys because of Carson Wentz's play recently um, in the backfield. You got to start miles Sanders, but again, not getting what you thought you were going to get. And then the tight ends, look, if Zach Ertz comes back, are you comfortable firing him up? And then you have Dallas Goddard, Richard Rogers still catching touchdowns for me, man, the Eagles are an absolute mess. I just want to stay away from Miles Sanders. You have to play, but anybody else out there, I'm, I'm not into it. So that's a lot of information to sum up. Basically you start your studs for the Seahawks, but my question for the Seahawks, Lucas, if Chris Carson's healthy, do you play Chris Carson? If not, is Carlos Hyde your guy for the Eagles? Do you feel confident with any pass catchers, including tight ends there? And if Ertz is healthy and plays, do you start Zach Ertz after being out for a month plus as well? Yeah, I think Seattle side, uh, you're playing Russ, the two receivers. Um, I would just say play the the starting running back. I don't really know like how to, I don't think there's much like strategy or like leverage beyond that point. Um, I would imagine it's going to be high. I feel like they'll see that they're playing the Eagle and not need to bring Carson back. Um, but I could be wrong there. And then the Eagles side, I don't even want to play Wentz. If he's, I don't know. Like I'm just going to play Sanders and, and the tight. I think honestly, if Ertz is back, you could probably play both tight ends. But I think Goddard is a strong play if Ertz is out. And then Rager might be a possibility if he plays. I don't know if he's banged up or not. Um, just because the Seattle secondary is so bad. But this could be the Jalen Hurts game. I think he might come in middle of the game or something like that. And yeah, I don't. I don't know. The, Phil, the Eagles are so bad. They're they're they're. The problem with them is they'll never make a decision that could alter the franchise's like course of direction. You know what I'm saying? Like they're never gonna bench Wentz unless like he gets hurt or like I don't know. Like it's just a weird spot. They're in a bad cap spot. They're in a bad trade spot. Bad draft spot. Like it's just they're not in a good spot right now. Until they make a decision, we'll just keep talking about them the same every year. If you made the decisions in Philadelphia and like no gimmicky bullshit, like for real, for real, would you swap out Jalen Hurts right now for Carson Wentz? Like, um, you know, the Saints were in a tough position. Drew Brees goes down. They have to choose between Jameis and Taysom. They choose Taysom. Again, Bobby and I are going to cover that game. It's a different conversation, but they have two quality options. They went with one and it happened to work out this week. Jalen Hurts was drafted to take over Wentz potentially. Maybe they're trading him next year. Maybe they're going to wait till his contract's up. Maybe it's just insurance. Maybe they don't believe him, whatever. 
They're struggling, obviously. Carson Wentz looks fucking horrible, dude. Took a terrible safety, threw a bunch of bad picks, threw a pick six to start the game. He's been sacked like crazy, turning the ball over nuts, not giving the Eagles a chance to win. And they have a great team all around him. And he's not letting them, you know, giving them the best chance to win. So, Lucas, if you made decisions in Philadelphia, would you right now, again, not like gimmicky, you know, in and out dual quarterback position, just like make the change? I think I would and just see what you have in Jalen Hurts. This division is still up for grabs. That's what's fucking making me crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I think that because the division is still up for grabs, I think that. I would just say you let Wentz play this game. If it's brutal again, then you go Hurts then on forward. Like, I just – yeah, I don't know. They're just in such a bad spot that, like, they took Hurts in, like, the second round. So, like, there's the idea of Hurts, but then, like, they're never actually going to play him. And their cap space is brutal. Alshon Jeffries attached to the team still, and he barely plays. He's finally healthy. I don't know. They're just not – like, Sanders is there, and they still get the ball to Boston Scott and Clement. Uh, I don't know. They're just in a not good spot. I'd play Wentz this game let him burn his bridge, his own bridge down and then go from Hertz there on out. Man, it's tough. I mean, even if, even if Carson Wentz plays really, really well, uh, I don't see the Eagles beating the Seahawks anyway. Um, that Seahawks defense yeah. has gotten a lot better since Jamal uh, Adams has come back healthy too. So they're statistically and fantasy wise, we mentioned every week, the Seahawks on paper have still given up the most fantasy points to opposing receivers the second most opposing uh, fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Those are still true because they dug themselves such a deep hole at the beginning of the season. But over the last couple of weeks, that is not the case. And they've been playing a lot better. So this game's in Philadelphia, which might give Carson Wentz a chance to win an ugly one, which he's been good at in his career. But if Russ comes out and the Seahawks play Seahawk ball, who on this, who on the Eagles secondary is going to be able to, to, to run with DK Metcalf? I mean, Patrick Peterson and, yeah. and, and, and Buda Baker got lucky last week because DK dropped a touchdown, dropped another 40-yard slant, and a 30-yard one got called back. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I think it's going to be ugly. And honestly, I might just throw Jalen Hurts in the fire to see what they have. And if he bombs, maybe put Carson Wentz back out there. I mean, I know it's not that easy. I'm just trying to talk about how to, how to get a little fire burning there for Philadelphia because Carson's been struggling. And – to my or to uh, my understanding, maybe for the first time in his career so far, he's not injured, as far as I know. So this is it's a mental thing, it's a weather thing, it's a other receivers not having a lot of time with these receivers, not having Ertz is a big problem. Obviously, um, I don't know, man. I'm trying to find excuses for the Eagles, but I'm kind of running out. Yeah, they're just they're just they're just falling apart. They're just not good anymore. <laughs> Yikes. All right, man, let's get into the pickums real quick, and then we will get out of here. Oh, man, rough week for me last week. I, I took a couple of uh, took a couple long shots to make up some ground, and it backfired. So I was at six and seven on the week. Bobby and I at six and seven. Dweez fighting back, uh, actually, uh, with the best record on the week at nine and four. Lucas at eight and five, another solid performance. You stay in first place as of week 12 at 90 and 52 overall. Uh, Bobby is right behind you at 85 and 57. Dweez jumps me, 84 and 58, and I'm in fourth at 83 and 59. Now, I have to say, all of us are at least 20 games over 500 in pickums, though. That's pretty solid. Okay, let's get into the pickums, man. We'll start with the Thanksgiving slate. Houston at Detroit, Thanksgiving morning. 
I'm gonna go with Detroit. Uh, just something, something about them and Thanksgiving always seemed to to lean that way. What's dope is they're gonna wear those like powder blue with gray <laughs> numbers and the gray helmet without the logo, like the 1940s logos. Like they look like shit, but on Thanksgiving they look absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm gonna go with Houston. Deshaun Watson, those receivers have been playing very, very well, um, and I just think that they'll be able to pull it out. For some reason, I just don't trust Matt Stafford right now, and if Kenny Galladay is, isn't playing again, I'm going to go with uh, Houston there, even in Detroit. Let's go with Washington football team at Dallas in the afternoon slate on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm going to go with Dallas. I, I think they showed last week that they can be an average team, and that's all it takes to be the, the football team. I agree. Football team beat them up 25-3 to in Week 7. We saw Andy Dalton go out with that brutal hit. That was his first game in, first game after Dak, blah, blah, blah. I think Dallas has gotten right. Zeke looks good. The receivers are back at it. Um, I think they beat him up. I think it's a close game. It's a field goal, but I'm also going to go with Dallas. Also, I think Dallas usually rocks the uh, like the old T.O. white jersey uh, with the white helmet with the, the blue star. Uh, so I like those kind of those retro um, – Retro uniforms there for those guys. So I'll go Dallas as well. Uh, nightcap, Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go the Steelers. I think the Ravens can kind of – they kind of – there was a line, like division division odds. The Ravens were like plus 1,800. Like, that's crazy. Like, you would never thought that was the case. Um, but I think the Ravens have to get right in this game or else uh, the outlook is – because they're out of the playoffs right now. So they kind of have to win this game or keep it closer or else their season's been a little, uh, little not good. But you, are you going to go with Pittsburgh or Baltimore? Uh, Pittsburgh, but I think the Ravens keep it close. Got it. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh as well. And, man, i got to be honest, if Jimmy Smith is still beat up, if um, uh, Williams over the middle is beat up, if Calais Campbell still doesn't play, yeah, they're two top running backs out. Um, I'm worried about the Ravens overall. And I just think Pittsburgh is rolling. This game is in Pittsburgh, divisional rivalry. Big Ben has played this game a million times. He could win nine to six. They could win 45, 42. Either way, I just think this uh, Pittsburgh defense is going to be too much for Lamar Jackson right now. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the Steelers. Okay. Three afternoon games on Sunday. We have the Raiders at the Falcons. I'm going to go the Raiders, but like this seems like it's a game where Matt Ryan's going to throw like four touchdowns to like Zacchaeus and like Luke. Graham and or Jaden Graham, whatever the backup tight end is. So I'm going to go the Raiders, but I could definitely see the Falcons side. Is it fair to go Falcons if Julio plays, Raiders if he doesn't? Can I like make that call now? Yeah, that's fine. I don't care. Deal. We're going with that. Falcons if Julio plays, Raiders if he doesn't. Chargers at Buffalo Bills. I'm going to go Buffalo, but this one's tough as well, too. I'm going to go Buffalo on this one, but I think it's a close game. Everyone knows how much I love my boy, Justin Herbert, but I'm also going to go with the Bills going cross-country, playing in the cold, Buffalo coming off a bye, rested, solid defense, great secondary, good pass rush, Josh Allen. Uh, I'm going to go with Buffalo as well. Giants at the Barolas Bengals. The Giants, I think they, <laughs> I think the Giants win by double digits, something you never thought you'd hear. I kind of agree, man. I don't think Ryan Finley is going to be able to do much. Gio Bernard obviously hasn't proven that he can take the team on his back. Um, Joe Burrow was attempting the most passes per game in the league. If Ryan Finley does that, he might end up being Nate Peterman for a week. Uh, I think it's the Giants big as well. Nightcap, Chicago and Green Bay. Green Bay stomps him big time. 
I think Green Bay also stomps them. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that one. I think it's a big one there. Uh, the defense is good there, but I don't think the quarterback play is gonna be able to handle it, whether it's Foles or Trubisky or somebody else. So I'm gonna take Green Bay big. And then we got Seattle and Philadelphia in Philadelphia on Monday Night Football. Same thing goes. I think I think this is the game where Seattle's defense can kind of gain some uh, momentum a little bit. Maybe maybe get a couple of turnovers or something to kind of maybe even them back out to what they should be. Yeah, I agree. I think Seattle wins big in this one, too. I do not trust in the Eagles, as you heard me say. All right, Lucas, again, you are still up at the top here at 90 and 52, but I am in fourth place at 83 and 59. Hopefully I can close the gap this week. All right, buddy. Well, we have uh, Thanksgiving coming around the corner tomorrow. I hope everybody celebrates safely, however you're going to do that. I know everybody has different mindsets on this whole coronavirus situation and holidays and family, and and I'm not going to make it political by any means. I just uh, wish that everybody um, does well. It's been a contentious season with the politics, with the coronavirus, with everything else. Just lead with compassion. If you join your family, do it safely um, and just uh, take care of yourself while you travel. Lucas, any special either traditionally uh, Thanksgiving plans or any plans this particular year with uh, Thanksgiving coming around the corner? And what is your favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Well, this year's a little different because we got to like FaceTime a bunch of family members and whatnot. Um, since all my siblings are in college, they don't want to expose themselves, obviously. Um, so Smart. that'll be weird, I guess. Um, favorite? That's it. it. And it could be it could be a combo. It could be a combo. Maybe it's stuffing and gravy, you or maybe see, it's you know. Yeah. Usually, my plate is just like I have like everything piled together and just gravy all over it that's kind of like what i usually tend to go with um so that i guess or i don't know stuffing is usually like the best because you can put that on anything but normally it's just a big pile of everything and i just put gravy all over it i like it i like it that sounds delicious i uh i love some uh taters and gravy i also uh the missus makes an incredible cranberry spread from scratch that uh i'm a sucker for i don't like the shit out of the can the like jelly cranberry fake jelly or whatever but uh, yeah. cranberry spread made from scratch, mm, put it on everything. So I'm, I'm into that too. Lucas, man, happy Thanksgiving. Wishing the best to you. Wishing the best to your family. Be safe. Uh, enjoy your time away. Best of luck in week 12. Bobby LaMarco, a.k.a. Fantasy Football X Factor, coming up tomorrow to break down the afternoon slate for Sunday, the rest of the morning games, I should say, and the afternoon slate for Sunday. Chris Benavides jumping back on on Friday to break down the TCK Pod Listener League recap for week 11, preview for week 12. We are right on the bubble in the listener league. The bottom four for the veteran league are going to drop to the rookie league. The top four for the rookie league are going to jump up to the veteran league next year. Let's just say the commish crew is on the bubble. We'll leave the cliffhanger. <laughs> we'll, leave, we'll leave the cliffhanger there for you until Friday. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day tomorrow. Be safe. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Enjoy your football. Episode 311 in the books for Lucas Kaser. I'm Scott Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.